0: Hello and welcome to Penalty Box Radio Live, presented by Salus Realty Group. Salus Realty Group, your premier destination for Nashville, Tennessee real estate. Also brought to you by the Nashville Spartans, Nashville's one and only junior hockey team based in Nolensville. I am your host, Alex Daugherty. Joining me as always is Sean Smith. Sean, what's up?
1: Just uh, ready to talk some hockey.
0: There you go. So, the Nashville Predators, boy, they're, uh, they're doing all right. What do you think? Can't complain. They're Doing okay.
1: I, I like what I'm... I like what I'm seeing. We'll say that.
0: <laughs> I do think that uh, we got to talk about a lot on this show because today on the show, the Preds followed an exciting shootout victory. Oh, there we go. The Preds followed up an exciting shootout victory over the Capitals with a three nothing shutout of the Blackhawks at home on Tuesday. Nashville is now twenty one sixteen and one, and in fourth place in the Central. They are in the top wild card position, though. Uh, so we're going to talk about a couple of the recent performances, especially last night's shutout victory of the Blackhawks. We're going to talk a little bit about a couple different players, Dante Fabro and Gustav Nyquist, both of whom I think are playing really well right now. Um, and, of course, we're going to finish it up with the three-on-three draft. Okay. But we got a puck drop topic, Sean. Okay. UC Soros. Heard of him?
1: Uh, once or twice.
0: He had 21 saves last night. Okay. In the shutout of Chicago. Okay. Was that the easiest shutout you've ever seen from, uh, from old Soros? Was that the easiest shutout he's ever had?
1: So what you're asking me to do is remember all of the shutouts you see Soros has had. I'm
0: sure you remember them all, right?
1: Um, You know, on at, at some level I remember him playing well quite often, but I I, I don't know. <laughs> it looked like a pretty easy one to me. You know, he he talked a lot after the game about how he stays – mentally sharp and ready when you have a game like that where there's not a lot of action on your end of the ice. Um, So, you know, aside from having to worry about a pesky Connor Bedard, it probably was one of the easier shutouts I've I've seen. Yeah,
0: that's right. I think it is definitely the easiest shutout that Soros has ever had, but not the easiest shutout that the Nashville Predators have ever had. Because if you remember, several years ago, I believe in his Vezina trophy year, oh. Pecorine had a shutout of the Chicago Blackhawks, in which after the game, he said, I think that was the easiest shutout I've ever had. Oh, wow. <laughs> so that's why I brought that up. But yeah, it was. Uh, it was. I think it was 2018. No, you know what? It wasn't the Vezina year. It was the year after that. Okay. It was the 18-19 year. Okay. And he yeah, he said that, uh, because I, I remember that, because it was when I was with A to Z Sports. And he said that, and boy, a lot of Blackhawks fans did not like that.
1: Really? Oh, they know, were cheesed off. Cheesed off. You know, they don't they don't get too upset very easily. Those Blackhawks <laughs> fans. I've never really <laughs> run afoul of them in any <laughs> specific yeah, way.
0: Right? No, they were very mad uh, about him saying that. So I, I'm I'm kind of glad Soros didn't have to say that because he didn't have a lot of people coming after him. Yeah. You know, saying how could you say that? Yeah. So no, he he was. I'm sure he would say. Was a good game, you know. It was a good game. Was a good game. Yeah. So, uh, all right, let's talk about let's talk about last night. Uh, well, actually, before we talk about the Chicago game, can I just say real quick? We went on a uh, I say we, it was really just me, but uh, went on a little uh, road trip up to Washington to see the the Predators beat the Capitals in a shootout. Askarov got his first win. Crazy. And uh, we were able to cover that from the road. So we, uh, thanks to the folks at Truvo Sports Laundry who helped fund us for that and uh, sent us on the trip up there. I'll tell you what, Sean, if you had come with me, we probably would have had an interesting time staying in a 150-square-foot hotel room.
1: I think you're right. You, <laughs> you showed me a, a picture of that hotel room, and I was like, well, there's not a lot of room for uh, modesty in there.
0: Just, nope, nope. Not a lot of room for anything. No. Uh, we would probably have to have two two hotel rooms but anyways it was it was a fr- really fun experience getting to cover the team on the road I think there's a there's a little bit of a different atmosphere when you when you meet the team on the road when you see them there you know they look at you strange like why are you here what and then and then also you kind of get a little different side I was gonna say this like when I talked to brunette before the game he's you know this is like two hours before the game he's a little looser yeah maybe a little bit kind of you know, a little more chatty. Yeah. There were a couple other guys down in the in the room there, I guess, because Brunette knows him uh, from, from – I don't know if he played with them or they were coaches of his or from, whatever. From a hockey life. From a hockey life that he's led. Right. And he was real chatty with them. I mean, it worked – I mean, he was like – he sounded – it was – the, they the team was trying to pull him away and was like he wasn't he wanted to keep talking you know, oh, it, wow. it was strange yeah it was a different different brunette
1: well you know we're used to covering the team here and and here everybody's surrounded by their familiar surroundings right you get them outside a little bit and mm-hmm. you know it's, it's here a little he bit, yeah he
0: has his office he goes he's in his office he comes out to do press he goes to talk his team he goes back into his office yeah. There it felt a little bit more like, yeah, I'm on a, I'm on, I'm on a trip here, you know.
1: Yeah, time to talk to. Free. You ever have an office, Alex?
0: I yeah, I've had an office before.
1: Yeah, I've never had an office.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so that was that, and it was, a, it was a lot of fun. Hopefully, you enjoyed our coverage. We put out a video about it. You can check that out on Penalty Box Radio, uh, all the socials and everything. But let's talk about the Chicago game. You were I there. I was there. What was the result?
1: Well, uh, f- first thing I want to say, this game stayed one to nothing for an incredibly. I'd say impressively long amount of time. Yeah, I don't think I don't think it should have been a one to nothing game. I, I easily saw opportunities for that game to be like four to nothing. You know, by the time the second period was over, but miraculously, and I do use the word miraculously here, and I mean it, it stayed one to nothing. There are a lot of other opportunities I saw where the, the Predators had a chance to just bury some goals <laughs> that random. You know sticks or skates got in the way and, and kept it from happening but the predators ended up winning three to nothing and really i, I say one one to nothing for a long time the the, the hawks go down to a five on three situation mm-hmm. right toward the end of the game uh ryan o'reilly buries one on a nice little feed from uh, nyquist yeah and puts them up two to nothing and then uh empty net goal from luke evangelista which mm-hmm. is did you know this was uh, there was an assist on that goal? Do you know who got the assist? Uh,
0: was it Luke Shin? It was the Luke to Luke <laughs> yeah, connection. That's right. that's Luke right.
1: Shin to Luke Evangelista. Um, and, and he puts it away. Well earned it makes it a, a three nothing game.
0: So yeah, it was uh I'll tell you what, that was not a fun game to watch, I'll be honest. I mean, if that was your first game ever watching hockey... Well, if it was your first time ever watching hockey, you probably didn't notice that it was not a very good game. You probably were enamored by the speed of the sport. But if you were like a even a casual hockey fan and yeah. you tuned in last night or were there, you might have been like, this is pretty boring. Yeah. Not a lot's happening. They it went was, up one nothing, and it was just a slugfest, right?
1: It should have been a runaway, you know.
0: Yeah. But... There was one thing that happened that I thought was pretty interesting, and I, I tweeted about this after the game, and that has to do with old Connor Bedard. Really? So last night in the game, Connor Bedard obviously is their best player. He's their best, uh, at least their best young player. I, I, yeah, he's their best player, and he was not only held shotless, wow. but held shot attemptless. So wow. he had in that game. Uh, uh, let's. I am mean, just pulling it up. Okay, so he finished with zero points. Zero shots, zero shot attempts, zero expected goals. So in other words, even, even I mean, obviously he didn't have any expected goals because he didn't have any shot attempts, but uh, one giveaway, zero takeaways, he wasn't taking the puck away from anybody, and he got hit twice. And that's in even strength time, so like not during power plays. He had a couple shot attempts in power plays, but that's different. But at even strength, that man couldn't do anything.
1: No. And I remember really early, I, I tweeted about the fact that Lazon laid one of those hits on him. And it was—
0: A patented Lazon hit. It
1: was—I uh, I believe he's leading the NHL in hits. That's what I've heard. Um, and and I'll tell you, you know, it was like, hey, you may be the uh, new kid on the block, but I am the hit leader in this, in this league, and I'm going to put it to you real quick.
0: He learned about hits from going to that Taylor Swift concert. She has a lot of hits.
1: What? Did he go to a Taylor Swift concert? You don't remember his...
0: this? No. No, from the video, it was I his thought, top.
1: I thought you meant Bedard. Oh no, no,
0: no, oh. Lozan.
1: Oh yeah, that was the highlight of, of his. Yeah, Lozan's
0: highlight of his 2023 was going to the Taylor Swift, Swift concert.
1: That was that was that was an event.
0: And that woman knows something about hits. She that's, does. That was the joke. But, okay, I yeah. get it now. Okay,
1: I'm sorry, not on the same page, <laughs> joke okay. wise.
0: That's okay. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, I you know I think that's a great credit to to how they prepared for that game. They knew that Connor Bedard was the one to, to to zero in on. He's had a great season. He's a really great young talent. I mean, like not even a shot attempt for the guy, that's pretty crazy. I mean yeah. You would think that he would have gotten a couple off, but no, they, they uh they shut him down. So that's good to see. It
1: was it was impressive. And I mean talking to the team afterwards, you know, they they kinda prepared for that. It wasn't like he was the central focus of everything, but definitely aware he's out there, definitely wanted to neutralize him. And and quite honestly, if you look at the uh the rest of that lineup last night, mm-hmm. there's not a lot of other stuff you really needed to prepare for out there. It's yeah. It was pretty rough.
0: Pretty rough. Who was their defenseman that you were talking about?
1: So I don't know if you remember this, Alex. Um, <laughs> this is a lot farther back than Jeremy Lazan's Taylor Swift concert experience. <laughs> but there used to be a defender for the Predators a couple of seasons ago named Jared Tenorti. Oh, and, and he was yeah, Jared Tenori. Uh Just not a lot of fans. I don't think he sold a lot of jerseys. Um,
0: before, before Luke Shin, before Matt Irwin – no, but not before. After matter, Matt after Matt Irwin, there was there Jared, was Jared Tenorti.
1: Tenorti. Yeah. and and people complained. Oh, about Ben it. Harper too. There's another one. People complained a lot, Alex. <laughs> I don't know if you remember it's... about the fact that Tenorti was even getting getting ice mm-hmm. time, and he was he was there last night playing for the Blackhawks. That's right. That's, that's right. how that's how low their their stores of players.
0: The other thing right. that happened: Will Levis was in attendance. Oh, quarterback was, of the Titans. That was big. And, uh, yeah, we had a tweet that did really well on that. It's a good tweet. His best uh, best protection since, he, uh, since he's been in town. So there you go. We're going to talk a lot more about a couple different things as we go on. Uh, after the break, I want to play some audio of a conversation I had with Dante Fabro. I'll give it some context first because there's been a weird kind of strange thing going on with Fabro that I, I've, I've kind of observed that I'm kind of confused about. I'm going to get your take as well, Sean. Okay. And then later on, we're going to talk about the hottest predator on the team, stuff Nyquist yes we're gonna talk about him too uh, so stay tuned for that oh yeah sorry <laughs> uh but before that Nashville if you're looking to buy sell or invest in real estate look no further than Salas Realty Group Salas is not just about property they're about people They build long-lasting relationships that are about you, your needs, and your dreams. Salus Realty Group stands for Trust, Transparency, Community, and they're committed to making a positive impact in Middle Tennessee, one home at a time. Ready to make a move? Visit Salus Realty Group, S-A-L-L-I-S, Salus Realty Group, and uh, experience real estate the Salus way. Welcome back to Penalty Box Radio Live. Don't forget to text the show. If you're out there and you want to say something about the Preds, maybe you made an observation in a game, maybe you... uh. You got something to say about, you know, an upcoming trade opportunity or something like that, just give us a text 615-737-1025. Text us and we'll uh, we'll talk about it. But first we're going to talk about Dante Fabro. So, I don't know if you noticed this Sean, but there was kind of this strange thing happening with um with Fabro where he was getting scratched, right? Right. He's getting scratched a lot. Now, the defense is in this really strange place right now because we we, we talked about that last show. They got like basically eight guys that could play, and and some guys are <laughs> they got guys in Milwaukee that could play. Then they had the injuries, and then they had Tyson Berry basically wanting it to be traded away. But all the while, I mean, I, I, my perception has been that Dante Fabro has been one of the better players.
1: Oh, I, I agree. I mean, we I think even last year I had commented at how well he was playing. Yeah. Again, you go back to. Why he's gotten a lot of criticism, at least from the fans, and mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's he's done all of his development at the NHL level. Yeah, I mean he came straight from college, literally no AHL time, straight to the NHL uh, right before the playoffs. Straight I from mean, college.
0: you said NFL, uh, I think.
1: In, uh, really?
0: I think I think so. Oh
1: wow, that's crazy. Maybe uh, never mind. Go ahead. Keep going. <laughs> but he came straight from college, you know, straight to the NHL. <laughs> yeah and Sorry. and did all of his development at that level. So any little mistakes that's it's a lot of eyes watching as opposed to you don't see the mistakes that people are making for the most part sure. at the AHL level. So a lot of criticism early on, but I think, you know, he's really developed into a really solid defender.
0: I think the 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 main issue with with Fabro recently has uh, been he hasn't been able to get out there because he's been scratched. And yeah. so he's I think he's played the last 3 or 4 games in a row, but there was a time where he was getting scratched a lot that I thought was really Odd, because what I was hearing from Brunette, asking Brunette specifically about Fabro, was how much they love his game. Right. (laughs) So they were talking. He was talking about Fabro as if he was like a really top defenseman on the team, and he's like a great young talent. They love him. They They think he's perfect for the fit, which we know Brunette's not just blowing smoke here because he called out Barry. Yeah. Tyson Berry for saying that he wasn't very good right right so we know that he can be discerning and, and be honest about how he's thinking about players so I actually had a conversation with Dante Faber about this recently okay. I, I wanted to ask him about where he's at with his game and what he feels like you know he, where he's at and asked him about also you know the coaches talking to him and and he is I think he has a pretty interesting measured response so here's a couple questions for me at practice talking to him it's a little loud it's a locker room so there's a little bit of background noise but hopefully you can hear it so here it is.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think as a competitor, you want to be playing all the time and, um, you know, you want to be out there. I think, you know, it's tough sometimes when, you know, guys are rolling and, you know, you might not want to change the lineup and stuff like that. And, you know, look, I I get it. And, you know, we have a great decor here and, you know, a lot of really good guys, I think. Um, We all want to pull the same rope. We all want to do really well. So, um, again, I've kind of said it all. All I can do really is just be prepared every night and, you know, if I'm in and just try and stay in the lineup, I think. Um, you know, hopefully, I've I've done that so far, and uh, I got to continue to do that. I'm no a lot of work to, to do, but um, yeah, I think if you just take the approach of trying to get better every day and and um, you know trying to help your team win in any any aspect you can, I think that's important. In, in talking with Bruno, it sounds like he really
0: likes your game. I mean, so, I mean every time we've asked him about it, he's, he's been very complimentary of your speed, your ability, and everything. Are you, do you get the same sort of feedback from the coaches, like on, on your end?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I talked to them and. Um, you know, I, I I don't need to be you know, paraded around or anything like that. And you know, I, I get it. I mean, it's 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 hard decisions he's got to make. And um, you know, all I can do is, is be a great teammate and be a great person in this locker room and work as hard as I can. I think days I'm not playing, I think uh, what I can provide is to push guys on the ice and, and to try and get better. And um, so, the days I am playing is is you know whatever I can do to get out there and, and help our team win. I think. It's so important to to look at you know kind of both sides of everything and um, yeah, like I said, just every day is different. Just uh, find find new ways to get better and, and uh, different ways to get better. Has it been kind of
0: an adjustment period
2: for uh, kind of fitting into Bruno's offense and kind of uh, the the
0: idea of getting the puck up quick? You know, the, the transitioning to offense and everything, which you know seems like you know
2: point wise you're. You're tracking better than last year in terms of your, like, offensive production.
0: Has there been an adjustment period for you in that?
2: I don't think so. I mean, I think the way we play is is how I've always played. I think, I try to play at least. Um, You know, you can get away from it with, you know, habits throughout the year, getting tired and whatnot, but I felt that I've always looked at myself as a puck moving first defenseman, and, um, you know, I think our system allows us to do that and and transition a puck quickly. um, you we know, we got a great, you know, mix of forwards and um, guys who with the you know, grind and can also, you know, have a lot of skill and put pucks in net. So, I think any chance you can put your forwards in a good spot going up the ice is, is huge. And um, you know, I think it really helps our you know, momentum swings and, and whatnot, and um, you know, allowing zone entries and, and whatnot. So, yeah, I mean, I just try to focus on moving the puck as quick as, uh, quick as possible and trying to be that support valve up the ice. Take your
0: yeah, so that's Dante Fabro talking about several things, really, and, and I really liked his analysis of, like, how his game really does fit Bruno's game, and yeah. I, think, I think that's the core of why the coaching staff likes him.
1: He's a good puck mover. He's
0: a good puck mover, getting the puck up the ice. I mean, that's so crucial to the brunette system as, like, there's little to no defensive regroup. It is... As soon as you get your get puck, you ice. get your head up, and you get that puck up the ice. There's little. There's not a lot of D to D passing. There's, I mean, or at least minimal, and it is about getting those, as he said, getting the forwards in the right position to to, right. to succeed, right? But the part about you know, I, th- I thought he was really level-headed in terms of his like, I don't need to be paraded around. I don't need to be praised and everything. I just want to play. And but I I think he's in a good place right now, and I think that. That's surprising to me. I guess maybe it's because he's pl- played more recently. But, I mean, if I had been in his position, you know, you're getting told by the coaches, as he said there, that you're doing well, that they really like you, that you're speed. But then you're getting benched. Well, I mean, what are you, how do you supposed to take that?
1: Okay. I, I, I'm going to say two things. Okay. One, okay, he said it's important to see both sides. So, clearly, there's another side to this. And yeah. he's aware of what it is. Mm-hmm. So, he seems to accept it. Meanwhile, he continues to work on being the best player he can, the best teammate he can, and helping to put the team in the best position to win as he can when he's on the ice and, of course, practicing and getting better off the ice. But yeah. he also said he doesn't need to be paraded around and he doesn't need to be praised. That seems very pointed. Yeah. It's almost like he's saying there's somebody that does need to be paraded <laughs> around. I had a
0: feeling that's where you are going with that. I don't <laughs> think I don't think that's what he's doing. I don't know.
1: Why us I mean, would you bring that up?
0: Let's, let's talk about it, because I, I oh. think it's pretty clear that the, the Tyson-Barry situation is, okay. is, is what's, what's causing all this, right?
1: Oh, I'd have to agree with you, Alex.
0: I mean, that's why you know they needed to have Barry play, because he's got to be you know on display for people to trade for him. But at the same time, they are going to trade him. He's not going to be on the team for a while, or right. and for, for, and long. for long. Yeah. Um, Fabro is obviously younger and probably playing better than him right now. I'm a little surprised that Fabro hasn't got any of the the power play time. They went with McDonough instead, but that's I'm, you know we can't complain about that. I mean, it's it's weird though. I I let let's just kind of chalk it up to say it's it's the Barry thing. Yeah. I, mean, I think that's fair.
1: I I'm, I would agree. I think it is the Barry thing. Um, you know, again, the fine line is you need him to play because you need people to see that he's playing and that he can play, but. You also don't want to risk him getting injured, and then yeah. you're just stuck.
0: We have one texter uh, that that says um, <laughs> Fabro is not playing because Trotz made the mistake of signing Luke Shen. <laughs> I mean, there's some there's some truth to that. I mean, uh, we've talked a lot about the Luke Shen signing. Yeah, I it still didn't make a lot of sense. Well,
1: I you know I'd look think he's he's been better. Yeah,
0: would you say he's been better?
1: Better than
0: then uh, Luke Shin of January 2024 has been better than the Luke Shin of
1: December 2023. <laughs> yes, I agree. He had a point. Exactly. He had a point. He's he's producing. Um, he's currently this this month. Is he a point per game player?
0: <laughs> right there, you go. Ooh, yeah, no. One, it's, one it's, of the best on the team. That's a great point, and uh, I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see where it goes. I think. I think Fabro is. You know, the the situation with the uh, moving forward, even though we're talking about defense.
1: Dante, that was another joke.
0: Dante Fabro is an RFA. And in, in the summer, this coming summer, Alex Carrier, his forever partner in this whole roster situation, yeah. is a UFA, uh, being 27. I mean, if I'm going to choose between them, I'm choosing Dante Fabro.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, you, it's uh, number one. You don't have to worry about other teams and negotiating mm-hmm. a salary, and yeah, um, you're probably going to get them cheaper. So you think it's
0: as simple as that? Tyson Berry's gone, and they let Alex Carrier walk, or they try to trade Carrier maybe uh, to a contending team at the end of the at the trade deadline.
1: Maybe it's, it's a possibility.
0: He's got some good qualities. He's a good, good. Uh, he's pretty good on the penalty kill. His yeah. numbers on the penalty kill are right.
1: Yeah, and he's he's he has. Quarterback to power play before. Yeah, it's he been has a while. some experience with that.
0: I think it should be a depth move. I mean, you wouldn't get much for him. No. Six-round pick?
1: Well, maybe a fifth.
0: Maybe a fifth.
1: Yeah, I maybe think that's all you'd get.
0: But Faber, I think you'd get more because the RFA status. Oh, sure. A little bit better pr- play this year, Ex- maybe.
1: Exclusive negotiating rights. That's, less of an injury huge. history. Yeah. Oh, that's true, too. Yeah,
0: less of an injury history. I mean, uh, injury history. I don't think the injury history for Alex Carey is anything to worry about. I mean, the dude, what, broke his clavicle or something?
1: Well, I mean, it happens. Clavicles break. Yeah, they do.
0: (laughs) I hope mine never breaks. All right, so we're going to talk about Gustav Nyquist coming up next, the hottest Nashville Predator in town right now, top-line winger Gustav Nyquist. So we're going to cover that when we come back. Thanks for listening to Penalty Box
1: Radio. And as we look ahead to the next Predator showdown, it's the perfect time to plan your future in Nashville. Salus Realty Group is ready to assist ensuring your real estate goals are met with the determination of a playoff chase. Visit salusrealtygroup.com and let's start mapping out your game plan. Salus Realty Group, where every closing is a championship victory.
0: And welcome back to Penalty Box Radio Live. Join the Nashville Spartans, the hockey sensation of the city. Experience those thrilling games and family-friendly fun and unity. Visit NashvilleSpartansHockey.com slash tickets. Their next game, by the way, is January 19th against Cincinnati, but you got to use this promo code PBR50 for an exclusive 50% discount when checking out. Don't miss the excitement. Be a part of Spartans Hockey today. We are getting superstitious up in here.
1: I'm very superstitious. Uh, Writing is on the wall. Here's the thing. What kind of writing? (laughs) Probably cursive. I don't know. (laughs) They don't teach that anymore. Well, I mean, I
0: don't they, teach that anymore. Uh oh, <laughs> old old man Doherty's here. <laughs> hey, some clouds need to be yelled at. <clears throat>
1: All right, speaking of clouds that need to be yelled about, yes. not yelled at. You know, we used to have Tommy time where we talked about Tommy Novak. Yeah. Um, but we right need, now, we haven't done that in a while. Well, we no, you know, we haven't, and that's a shame. But we're I don't know that this works alliterative alliteratively illiterative, as well as Tommy time. But it's time it's time for Gus chat. Ooh, a little Gus Chat action. Gus Chat when we talk about Gustav Nyquist. and I'm really excited about this today. Um, first off, just a couple of things. <laughs> There's been a lot of buzz about Gus Nyquist. Okay. A lot of people are talking. You hear a lot of the other people that cover this team, fans that are, co- that are watching the games. Nyquist is on a hot streak. A um, couple of important stats here uh, on the season so far, nine goals, 20 assists. Right? Yeah, that's pretty good. And 11 points in the last 10 games. He's on a heater, Alex. Ooh. He's on a heater. So I, I wanted to look into this a little bit more. All right. All right. I was very curious, and I, I there was a lot of talk after the game last night because last night, of course, two points for Nyquist, a goal, and a really, a really beautiful assist on, mm-hmm. the, uh, on that second goal there by O'Reilly. Um, but every player that we talked to after the game, except for UC Soros, was asked about Gus Nyquist, okay. even Gus Nyquist himself. Mm. Okay. What did he have to say about himself? Well, do you want me to start with what Nyquist said about himself? Because yeah, he's,
0: a, let's start with, start with from the source. Let's start with the primary he's source. Modest. He's okay. a
1: modest man. Well, he's Swedish, so well, what's the, kind of their thing? For the most part, you're right. Okay, so he says, oh, I'm playing with two great players. This is not in his voice, by the way. <laughs> this is mine. This is um, you know, we've been building chemistry all year. It's been nice to be together for a long time. You know that helps with consistency, and you know just anticipation where we're going to be on the ice. Uh-huh. That was that was he, that's what he said. A lot of credit was given to the other guys on his line, which of course is Ryan O'Reilly and Philip Forsberg. Mm-hmm. Um, now, do you want to know? We we also talked to O'Reilly. Would you like to hear what he had to yeah, say? Yeah, let's okay. hear. Okay, here's what O'Reilly said about being on a line with Gus Nyquist. Um, he's effect. Uh, what he's doing, it's effective to help us win. He's so fun to play with. The little plays he makes, the way he skates, he just creates. He's so fun to play with. I think we've done a good job. He makes it so easy out there just by his reads and the way he handles the puck. And then he was asked, Do you think that he's underrated? And he said, Seeing it every day and playing on a line with him, I absolutely agree with you. He doesn't get enough credit for what he does out there. It's so effective in making me look better. This is than O'Reilly. I am. That's O'Reilly. Yeah. Making me look better than I am. That's a lot of praise. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. But what you, about. Did you get Bruno? I did. Oh, we, I'm sorry. You're getting there. Well, we've got we've got Roman Yossi.
0: I do not want to jump the gun.
1: He's the captain of the team, Alex. I what know he that. has to say is important. I think we should probably. <laughs> probably hear from him all right he's playing great i feel like he's been playing great the whole year he's so so good on the power plays he's very patient with the puck he makes some great plays he's a really good leader in the locker room Mm. okay okay now you're ready for bruno bruno himself let's hear it he's had tremendous puck poise he's been great Great, that line's carried us through all kinds of different things and carried the power play, and they did it again tonight. I thought it was a huge goal to make to make it 2 nothing. But Gus has been just a cerebral player that everybody on the team wants to play with and wants to be around, and we're lucky to have him.
2: Mm.
1: Okay. Yeah. A lot of praise.
0: Yeah. I mean, that happens when you got a player that's on a tear like him, but I, I think a lot of it's pretty earned. Oh, yeah. I, I, he's, he's an interesting player because – in a lot of ways, I think he's similar to to a Nino, Nino Niederreiter from last year. Sure, uh, not not as big, not not doesn't do the same exact things. But like, I think people just like playing with with players that are really well rounded. Sure, I think he's got that. He he has a lot of great skill in the offensive zone. I think he's a good passer, good vision. He has um, he doesn't really have an edge to his game like Niederreiter did. But right. I think he's got he's got enough of like a. It, it, enough of a of a willingness to go into the corners to to fight for pucks that I think it's it doesn't really matter. So uh, he's never going to be that net front guy. He's going to be like a more of a finisher, more of a playmaker kind, uh, which really works because O'Reilly and Forsberg, you know, obviously mix it up in front of the net enough. Right. They do all that. So and that's why you've seen Nyquist get so many kind of rebound chances and and right. little little chances when he's on the, the the backside and can can finish those. So yeah, it's been great to see.
1: Well, and, and there's a couple of things that really stand out to me here, and it's funny because when you think about somebody that's on a hot streak and somebody that's really impacting the game and impacting the team as much as he has been recently, especially, these are the words that jump out at me. Puck poise,
2: mm-hmm.
1: cerebral, right? Yeah. Patient. From the cerebellum. Yeah. But, I mean, and, and the word patient, Right. Yeah what, yeah, yeah, what what we're saying here it's uh, he's being praised not for well he's he, he scores goals or but he, yeah he, he makes goals happen yeah he's yeah, good right. at setting guys up right. he's good at reading the angles he's got a high hockey IQ as we've heard people say before mm-hmm. right
0: yeah so. Um you may have already said this I, I can't remember but he, did you already say that he's passed his point total from last year well I was about to get there oh I'm sorry it's, okay uh, here's here's what's interesting forget what I just said Sean has he passed his point total from last year
1: well uh, <laughs> yeah um here's the thing and it's it's interesting um I, I just did a little research there is a graphic up on uh, on the on the game last night. That talked about where this line was Nyquist O'Reilly and mm-hmm. Forsberg um at this point in the season versus where they ended last season which is interesting all three players uh, had shortened seasons due to injury so uh, Nyquist now has 29 points in 38 games current currently on pace for 62 points last season wow. he, last season he ended um with uh, with 27 27 yeah with 27, 27 and 51 yeah and uh in 51 games, so it's it's really interesting that he's already eclipsed that now. Yeah, uh, the other thing, O'Reilly and Forsberg are kind of on the uh, on the same situation. Interestingly, um, O'Reilly has 32 points in 38 games. And
0: do you know who he played with last year? I just look this up. Who did he play with last year? Last year he played with Boone Jenner and mostly with. Uh, Jack Roslovic and Johnny Goudreau. So he was not playing with scrubs last year. No, he was playing with good players. Boone Jenner's okay. a great forward. I mean, yeah. Gr- Boone Jenner's probably the probably the Columbus best player, best forward. Um, I mean, he's playing with good players last year, and and has been better this year. So it's not yeah. just that he's been surrounded by. So to your point, it's not just that Forsberg and O'Reilly are lifting him up. Right. It's that he's complimenting them well.
1: Yes. I think I think you're looking at a situation where you've got these players that all have you know really strong, well-rounded skill sets. I think, and yeah. they're complementing each other really well. They're playing for each other. They're enjoying playing with each other. They're and I, I I won't go into the the pace and everything, but here's here's what's been interesting to me, and this may be more of a brunette system type uh-huh. situation. But I looked at their individual high danger chances for. Okay. It means how many how many high danger chances did they get? Yeah. A high danger chance, Alex. How would you describe that? Um, anything
0: in kind of the low slot to medium slot and kind of inside the circles, like really like the the place where you really expect a goal to happen.
1: Yeah. A medium
0: danger would be like you kind of expect a goal to happen, yeah. and a low danger would be like you're not really expecting
1: a goal to happen. But if you're if you have a lot of high danger chances for that, says that you're getting into the position you need to be in to score goals, you're getting set up for those goals. Mm-hmm. And and these guys, all of interesting right here. Nyquist currently at thirty six. Last year he finished with forty eight. Ooh. He's almost there. Wow. O'Reilly, listen to this, currently sixty five. Last season fifty nine. Mm. He's already eclipsed that. Forsberg this season at fifty nine. Last season ended with sixty seven. Wow. So yeah. total, they currently as the three of them have 160 high danger chances for yeah. last season, a total of 176. So
0: basically, it's just it's been it's been working a charm the first 38 games or whatever it is.
1: It is, and a system that's focused on scoring yeah. and getting forwards in the right position to score mm-hmm. seems to be doing really well for these three players.
0: Okay, so what happens, Sean, okay. when Gustav Nyquist doesn't? Produce at the same level. Do we still think that that pairing should be together? So he's right now he's shooting at 11.8%, which is like right at his average. So like he's not overproducing there. I'm not saying that that's going to happen. But what happens when he goes through a slump, maybe like a 4-5 or gamer where he didn't get a point, he's not shooting well, and he doesn't get any goals here? Do they panic and say bump him down and put someone like a Tomasino up or someone? I mean... Do you think that happens? Do you think they, they they freak out and say, It's not working anymore, we need to move on?
1: I don't after this much productivity, I don't think they necessarily pull the plug after three or four games. I think if it were Uh, five six seven you might start seeing some movement i don't know Mm -hmm. how brunette does i don't know how he shuffles his lines especially when you have a very distinct top line that's doing well that's something where he's necessarily willing to jump ship immediately got it um now we know previous coaches that would be oh one game no points you're going to the fourth line Mm -hmm. um but in this situation I'm, i'm curious how brunette would treat that situation so
0: yeah, well, I don't, we don't have to hope that that happens or anything, but uh, you know, you never know. Things can get fluid. You rarely have like a Jofa situation where you got three guys playing well right. all year and it just sticks. You just don't see that very often. Right. Um, but and I'll be honest, I did when they put Nyquist on the top line. Remember who started on the top line with them? It's Parsons, wasn't Uso it? You so Parsons. Yeah. When they moved Nyquist up there, I was like, I don't know if this is going to work, but it it clearly has paid off and it's it's working well and. They've they've figured out that. They know yeah. that that line works. As long as it's continuing to produce it like over a point per game, they're going to keep it together. So Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's good to see. So um we're going to preview the next couple games coming up for the Nashville Predators, and then we're going to do everyone's favorite, the three-on-three draft. That's going to be a fun one for next segment, so stick around.
1: The show's almost over, but your real estate journey is just beginning. With Salus Realty Group, you're always on the winning team. Their dedication to clients is as relentless as Preds on a power play. Lace up for your real estate play at Salisrealtygroup.com Salus Realty Group, where every deal is a hat trick. Welcome back to Penalty
0: Box Radio Live. We are here concluding our show with a little bit of Billy Idol.
1: It's a nice day, Alex. <laughs>
0: Well, it's going not going to be a nice day for the Calgary Flames because they have to take on the Nashville Predators tomorrow.
1: The red hot Nashville Predators. Here
0: in Nashville, the Flames are surprisingly bad.
1: What do you what do you mean by that?
0: I don't know. I just kind of always expect the Flames to be pretty good. I mean, they they usually have a pretty good squad and
1: they're just not very good right now. Because they're it's a Canadian team?
0: No, I just they have, a, you know, they're not they're not like Awful, awful, but then they're not, like, great. I mean, they've been really good the last few years. I mean, they've had a weird turnover with their I, coaching changes and trades and all that stuff, so.
1: I was expecting them to be better this season as well.
0: Yeah, I mean, Nazem kadri's not as good. I mean, that's not surprising. He had a crazy run there, but, you know, Jacob Markstrom, pretty good goalie, not great. Yeah. Their, their leading goal scorer is Blake Coleman thirty-two yeah. year old Blake Coleman.
1: Everybody saw that one coming, right?
0: I mean, they, I do like Mackenzie Weiger. I like Sharon Govich. Elias Lindholm's going to get traded. Don't know where. I mean, yeah, they're just they're, they're just surprisingly bad. I, I, but the, they always play Nashville well. That's tomorrow night yeah. in Bridge Bridgestone Arena. Then Saturday, the Predators head to Dallas to take on the fighting Matt Duchesne's. Oh, Saturday, January sixth, uh, <laughs> Tuesday. <laughs> you- did huh? you
1: know that Matt Duchesne, That's actually a nickname. His real name is Matthew.
0: Oh wow! I know. Hey, things you didn't know before the Shocking. show. Now you know stuff today. The next Tuesday they take on the Anaheim Ducks. That's uh, that's the next three games until our next show, which is next Wednesday. Um, where do they? Uh, what do they need to go from here? They need to win all three of these.
1: They, they should win all three of these. I don't, I don't know if
0: they can count on a win at Dallas.
1: I think I think they should win at Dallas. I think they have to prove a point in Dallas.
0: Are you one of those that just thinks they need to win every game? Well, no. I, here's my thing. Oh, wait, because the Dallas, the way the Dallas game went last time, right? Okay. And,
1: and I, I I think they they've got a point to prove here. Yeah. Um. You know, there's there's some separation between first between first, second, third, and then of course between third and fourth in the Central. And I think, you know, I think beating some of those teams that are ahead of them kind of makes a big statement. But yeah, the way the last game ended, yeah, they have yeah, the, a <sighs> To prove, here. yeah, don't watch that one again if you're uh, no, if you if you remember how that no. ended,
0: no. it was not no. good, no. so um, yeah, I, I think there's there's a lot of things going well with the team right now. I mean, they, they hit that little skid and they kind of recovered from it, right? I mean, it yeah. se- seems like they moved past that. I think the Boy, they got a. They got. We didn't really talk about this, but they really escaped from Washington with that win. I mean, that, oh yeah, the, That was a really close call on that goaltender interference. Yeah, could have seen that going either way. Oh, it yeah. was not an easy call, and for them to call it a goal and still retu- uh, that overturn it—that was huge. I mean, I was ready to, because I was in the the bowels of Capital One Arena, just ready to find something to talk about with the, <laughs> And then all of a sudden, they're like, we're taking it off the board, and then, yeah, the rest is history. But, so. I mean, they barely get that win, and then they and then they obviously beat Chicago, who's pretty terrible. But oh yeah, um, not a good Chicago Ca- team. Calgary would be a, a pretty important win to so just go ahead and and keep it going. If you lose at Dallas, not as big of a deal, but right. then you got to beat Anaheim next Tuesday.
1: But if you if you lose to Dallas, you need the other two games hundred percent. Yeah, for but sure. Beating Dallas makes a statement, in my opinion.
0: Speaking of statements, oh. This has nothing to do with statements, but we're going to finish off with our segment, the three on three draft. So, if you don't remember, this is where Sean and I draft something, uh, and uh, it doesn't sometimes it's uh, a thing, sometimes it's a word, sometimes it's a place, sometimes it's a movie.
1: This is very specific.
0: (laughs) Today we are drafting Embarrassing High School Obsessions. Oh, boy. So we are going to talk a lot about the things that we did in high school that we do not like to think about anymore, but yeah. we're doing that for you, the listener, That's because right. you want to hear about these things. We assume. high Embarrassing high school obsessions. We have yes. been obsessing over this topic for the last couple of days as we prepared for it. And I'm going to give you the first pick, Sean. I don't remember if you had the first pick last time, but I'm need to do something. And so I need you to take the first pick.
1: Okay. All right. So here's the thing. And I'm going to be honest. Like, I feel like, especially my junior and senior year in high school, I feel like I was pretty cool. Like, I mean, look, I was on the academic team. And actually, I was the captain of the academic team my senior year. So what did I really do that was embarrassing? I, mean, I had to think back to the early years of high school, to my freshman year. And when you're a freshman, really, you should still be in middle school. It's it's no secret that you don't have any right being in a high school amongst older kids. But there I was, and I feel like I needed to do something to kind of distinguish myself from the pack. And I decided the best way to do that was to joke constantly about yaks, goats, oh my god, and cheese. Wait. <laughs> yeah,
0: so that was, that you, was my shtick. You so year. okay? So you had a shtick that it had was, to do with those three things. Yeah, boy, that is embarrassing. It is embarrassing.
1: <laughs> what in the world? I don't what? know.
0: That is very strange. Yeah, I That's remember. I
1: remember going to through a drive-through with my mom driving, of course, because you know I was a freshman and I shouldn't have been allowed around cars, much less driving one. And we got to the drive-through window, and the the girl working there was like in art class with me, and she was an upperclassman, and she's like, "Oh, the cheese guys here." And my mom's oh, like, "What?" And I'm like, "Ah, yeah, cheese or oh, whatever." Yeah.
0: That's a good pick because I'm yeah. having some serious embarrassment for you on that on that yeah. one. But let, wait to hear mine. So th- this is my number one pick, and it's very easy for me to pick this because okay. every time I think about this part of my life. I think about all the ridiculous things that I did. But, you know, we all get obsessed over certain kinds of music or maybe certain bands. Okay. For about two years of my life, I was the world's most annoying and and well-known fan of the Dave Matthews Band.
1: There's, there's let no me, way.
0: Let me explain. Let me explain how deep this goes because um, not only did I have every studio album, whoa, and I had entire CD wallets. You know, I had an entire CD wallet it was just Dave Matthews stuff, and then I had another one that was like other music, but I had a Dave Matthews band one, right, with all the bootlegged stuff from the Red Man. Rock Secret Show and all oh, that stuff. Wow. It was wild. I also had. Uh, airbrushed T-shirts that said Dave Matthews Band that <laughs> I got when I was down in Florida. Oh, man. Yeah, we're talking some serious obsession. Wow. And then after about two years, I was done.
1: You know what's what's funny about the Dave Matthews Band? If you take the initials, right? DMB. And you add U to it, it's dumb. Oh, my gosh. Wow,
0: okay. It's pretty good. All right, speaking of embarrassing that moments, you just good. had another one. Okay, all right. All right, what's your second pick?
1: Okay, so again, I feel like I was pretty cool. Um but I at the time it was like ninety five I thought you had a visual for I, one do. Of these. Oh, okay, right, I do okay, I do okay, it's right here in my, <laughs> in my hot little hand nineteen ninety five everybody we wanted to grow our hair out long, yeah, right, and the only way to do it was to shave the sides and back of your head mm-hmm. right and just let it grow, part it down the middle. we called it a butt bowl oh yeah, 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 I remember this, but mine, and this like this isn't a time before m M&M, and m right, okay this is pre Marshall Mathers. I wanted to dye it really light, like I almost wanted to dye it white. So okay. that, that was my hair, and I brought oh. I brought this visual oh, here. Oh wow! So look at that, that! Yeah, look at that one. We'll put that up on our social yeah. to, to show everybody. The, uh, that the, uh, is
0: one heck of a haircut. The butt bowl. That's amazing. Yeah, that was a good one. That's a really good one. Okay, my, my it
1: was for the ladies. My
0: <laughs> my second one. I'm just gonna put. Uh, I'm, I always write these down. I'm just gonna put uh, Sean's. Hair. That's what I'm put. Butt bowl. Butt bowl. Okay. My second pick is uh, also a, something I'm obsessed with. But I this the only qualification is I don't know that this qualifies as an, as an obsession because it was pretty brief. Okay. But there was an entire summer where I played a lot of Magic: The Gathering.
1: Oh my.
0: I was big into Magic: The Gathering for just was just a summer, and then as soon as I went back to school, I was like, Oh wait, I don't like this game. Actually, I don't care about this. Oh, okay. And then I never did it again. I, I mean, I since I've like kind of. Thought about it, I'm like, oh, yeah, I I see the cards at, like, Target or whatever. But, man, for a whole summer, I was a big Magic player. I played with my friends in the neighborhood. I was like, oh, I got this sweet mana card, you know, all that stuff. There you go. That's my second pick. Uh, Magic the Gathering
1: fan. I don't know about that stuff because I was pretty cool in high school. Okay, Um, all right. Also, I don't know if that was out when I was in high school. So (laughs) uh, for my final thing, we're going to go back to to freshman year, and and there's this is really bad. That's why I saved it for last (laughs) Um, I'd kind of gone through this experience where we moved to Kentucky when I was in seventh grade from the Bay area of California. Mm-hmm. I loved rap music, gangster rap music. Okay. And I was the only one in that entire school and people made fun of me for it constantly. And I was like, I'm oh, going to find something else that I can really get into that I can make my own. And I chose a music style. Everclear. Nope. <sighs> Go ahead. I'm sorry. No hard drinking in high school. Um, Let's <laughs> talk about the band, but all right. Okay. Um, so I went with reggae. (laughs) Now, I want to point out that I I had no clue at that age what what went along with reggae, but I bought some Bob Marley albums, (laughs) and I was like, I need to give myself a nickname. So I gave myself the nickname. Are you ready for this? How is this not your number one pick? This is my number one pick. The Cool King of Reggae. That's what I want. My, oh my to be. Gosh. Sean, that's so much worse than any of your other picks. Yeah, I know. That's, oh my gosh. that's I amazing. I
0: know. Oh it's man, okay. I mean reggae's cool and everything, but no. I, I can't lie. I did have a, a reggae moment in college, but it was more of like a serious. I was listening to like Toots and the Maytals, and I was like a. I was really into like the really good reggae. I wasn't listening to like. I'm not saying that my reggae moment was any better than yours. No one's
1: is, Alex. Yeah, I
0: didn't give myself a name. That's oh. for sure. Okay, my last one, real quick, then we got to wrap up. I, my last one is visors. I, I wore a visor <laughs> in high school. Remember visors? Yeah, they were like a definitely a fashion choice. Oh man, boy, I was really into visors. So my three: Dave Matthews Band, visors, and Magic the Gathering. Yours was yaks, goats, cheese. cheese
1: the dyed white butt bowl and the cool king <clears throat> of reggae. Okay,
0: uh, can you tell us who wins? I'm gonna have to go with Sean
1: here. Yes, yeah,
0: I think Sean wins. Yes, that's I, too. I heroic. mean, the reggae alone is just. I think that takes it. I think that wins you the uh, whole thing. That's amazing.
1: That was a late edition. Love it. Oh, that I, was a late edition. Okay, I, I blocked that one out.
0: All right. Thank you listening. Thank you for listening to the Penalty Box Radio Live. We love talking to you every week about the Nashville Predators and uh, reggae moments from our lives. We're, all, all as always, presented by Salas Realty Group. Salas Realty Group, your premier destination for Nashville, Tennessee real estate. And we're brought to you by the Nashville Spartans, the Nashville's one and only junior hockey team based in Nolensville. And we will see everybody next week, January 10th. That's our next show. Stay tuned and listen to
1: more reggae, as yeah, usual. from the cool king of reggae. <laughs> <laughs>